This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Aloha mai kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went? Start every conversation with this question. I'm Ron Mizutani. And today we're going to be talking about what what many consider, and I, my, myself included, the premier body surfing break, at least on Oahu's south shore. Uh, we're talking about, of course, Point Panic. I want to welcome back retired Deputy Fire Chief, author, and surf historian John Clark to the program. John, welcome back to PBS Hawaii. Thank you, Ron. Good my to pleasure. have you here. I got to ask you, yes. what school you in? And you have a very interesting uh, array. Oh, you're right, a, a, a journey. <laughs> Okay, my journey started off in Waikiki at Jefferson Elementary School. So uh, when I graduated from Jefferson, I went on to Washington Intermediate, which is now Washington Middle. And after that, I went to St. Louis High School for ninth and 10th grade. And then I went to Punahou for my last two years, uh, you know, um, Junior and senior. Sorry, I lost it there for a minute. <laughs> so anyway, I graduated from Punahou in 1964. But you're a crusader as well in, in your yes, heart, too. Yes, buff and blue crusader. Buff right? and blue crusader. Kind of an oxymoron, but uh, you, can, you can claim, you know, that you have roots in Kalaipohaku and, of course, uh, <laughs> uh, son of Oahua. Um, hey, welcome back to the program. Thank John. you. And, and when I talk about, when, when anybody talks about um, our ocean, our our beach names, our um, just a rich history of surf spots, they turn to you, John. Um, and I do right. it as well. I've done it for years. Thank so you. when I called you to talk about these two subjects, Point Panic, and earlier we talked about Waikiki Walls, um, of course you said yes, and I'm grateful. How many, Thank you. How many books have you authored? Uh, ten. They're all published by the University of Hawaii Press. And I actually have number 11 going through the publication pipeline right now. It's a book on Ni'iho. Ni'iho? Yes. About surf spots or just the island itself in the history? Uh, it's pretty much, it's called Ni'iho Place Names. Okay. And what I did is I, I went into the Hawaiian language newspapers. They're online and searchable. And I pulled out as much information as I could based on place names uh, about the island of Ni'iho before the sale to the Robinson mm -hmm. family and after. So it's a history of, it's a real different look at the history of Ni'ihau. Wow, interesting. And did you have access uh, from the Robinsons? To no, no, I sent them a courtesy letter to let them know that I was writing the book, but uh, I didn't get any response back, so I didn't have access through them. I look forward to that. There's so much unknowns about Ni'ihau. Um, and, and rightfully so, it's it's an island that's been protected from a lot of things, right? Yes. Uh, and so I look forward to that, John. I didn't know Thank that you. you were working on that. Thank you. Uh, and of course, you, you work uh, with uh, our dear friend, the filmmaker, who who's, uh, continues <laughs> to, to, to do wonderful work for PBS Hawaii. And you folks are doing something else, you and Anne-Marie. Yes, Anne-Marie Kirk and I just finished a sequel to Ka'ahele Mawaikiki. And this one's called Diamond Head Makai. We started at Black Point and we went down to Kaimana Beach. So we did 
we did uh, interviews and shoot, uh, you know, shooting um, episodes all the way from Black Point to Kaimana. And we just wrapped it all up, and she's putting it together right now. Wow, I look forward to that, too. And I'm sure we'll have, hopefully, have access to that to provide it you will. to, our, to our, <laughs> our, those who watch PBS Hawaii and follow and support us. You know, my first time I met, and I'm going off subject a little bit, because Emery Kirk is just a, a gift to all of us. Yes. I mean, she's a wonderful filmmaker, storyteller. Um, I was at KHON, uh, and she called me uh, and, I, and said, Ron, I need your help. We are trying to uh, get the attention of a developer who was basically doing wrong to uh, a hail out oh, at Kauai Kai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, there was a development happening, and it was very aggressive. And back then, the hail wasn't well known, if you yes. will, by the behind uh, in, in Hawaii Kai Valley in the, in the drive. And I said, you know, I trust her. I said, oh, absolutely. What you mm -hmm. need? And she's like, just come, just come see you for yourself. And I went out there, and I was just appalled. Mm. Uh, by the desecration that was happening. Mm. And, you know, it was actually made me very emotional, as well as my, my videographer that day. And I dove right in because I knew that this story needed to be told and yes. shared. Yes. And Anne-Marie was the perfect person to do that with class and dignity and respect. But knowing the value of, of what that meant, that area meant to Hawaii and the history. And I'll just fast forward. Uh, we went back. We had a great fa factual story took it back home to the station. We developed it into a, a real solid piece, news piece, and it was going to be controversial because mm -hmm. this was a, a development that was moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, and the developer's public relations firm got a wind of it, called oh, wow. our station manager, the general manager, and wow. said, you guys, pull that you guys don't pull that story, we'll sue you. And we'll take every wow. all of this money in advertising. That's why I don't like news today. But all of this money out of your mm -hmm. pockets, mm -hmm. if you will. And um, so the guy came down. I won't say his name, but he said, "Pull the story." And I said, "No. This is this needs to be yes. told. Yes. This is our job. Yes. This is our responsibility. We are the watchdogs uh, of stuff like this." And we got into a heated argument. Wow. And this was like minutes before we were going on the air. And Joe Moore was waiting because he was going to do the introduction to my story and I was going to be on the set with him. And uh, just fast forward, Joe was like, 20 seconds, we got to make a decision. And I told our general manager, if you pull that story, not that I had leverage, but I said, I quit because I don't want to work for a boss like you who's going to listen to some bullies mm -hmm. who are desecrating our line, our, our island. And run the story! And we went with it. At the end of the day, Nobody got sued. The developer left town, and today that that Hawaii Kai Heiau is is preserved exactly. and is actually an educational spot. So Anne Marie Kirk and I go way back, and um, I get goosebumps thinking oh, about that. Oh, I day. know. I, yeah. Me too. Listening to she's her. She's uh, move a Anna Shaker. Don't get in her way. <laughs> yes, she is. All right, let's get to Point Panic, because um, this too is a rite of passage for a lot of yes, young body is. surfers. Uh, if you grew up at Walls. Body surfing, <laughs> hey, you eventually going to try, try to get to Point Panic. It's a different game, though. Uh, take us to Point Panic. You know, how did it get its name? I get so many different stories about that one. And you're the name guy, so how did it get its okay, name? Okay, I'm going to give you my spin okay. on it. Okay. The name Point Panic is actually the name of a song. And it goes back to the 1960s 
to a group called the Surf Fires. Their, their name is a combination of Surf Safari, right? But they call themselves the Surf Surfires. Anyway, they put out an album called Surf Party. And one of the songs on the album is called Point Panic. So that came out in the 1960s. And that's when I first started hearing the name Point Panic for the break that we used to call incinerators. Right. So the very first incinerator was built right where the Children's uh, Discovery Museum is. And it was built there in 1930. So all of the people in Kaka'ako that were surfing in that area, they call it from the 1930s now, they're calling that spot incinerators. The 1960s come along, somebody hears the song Point Panic, and they're figuring that's what's happening when you're body surfing out there, right? I mean, you're ending the wave right at a solid boulder wall, and if you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> uh, you know, all it's kinds of... It's not a pretty ending. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty deadly. The wall wins every time. The wall wins every time. So anyway... Um, the Point Panic took over from incinerators, and right now it's just called Panics. Panics, yeah, they, they've dropped the point sometimes. You know, funny you talk about incinerators, because when I did, a, I did a story way back in when, and I convinced my boss that this story needed to be told. Um, <laughs> I, went, I, I spent the day body surfing at Panics, and um, I, I interviewed an old-timer, and he was like, it's not Point Panic, this is incinerators. Right. But he said it different, incinerators. Um, and they used to <laughs> even call it flies, right? For obvious reason, so the, the flies were plentiful because there was an incinerator, a garbage. Uh, what's that called? Landfill. landfill a landfill yes. there. Um, yeah. So, so not everybody calls it Point Panic. Some people still refer to that place as incinerators. Okay. Well, this this is I've been following all of that too. Anyway. Flies, Flies is at the other end of Kakaka Waterfront Park down towards Honolulu Harbor. And that was named because of the landfill. And I actually surfed there when the flies were there. <laughs> and they were really aggressive black flies, yes. not like your common they house. They bit. They, they bite. They would bite you. So anyway, we, we would drive in there through the land roads, through the landfill, and park right there on the boulder on the Boulder breakwater, uh, get in the water as fast as we could to dodge the flies. So that was the west end of right. the, what's now the park. And incinerators, I've actually, there's a middle break between Point Panic and, and flies. And I've actually heard people call that incinerators. So I think the name has been preserved uh, midway right. between the two spots. I, um, I had the, the blessing of, of going surfing with Pohaku Stone. Oh. He took me over there at that spot with his but He pronounced it Aliyah, but uh, yeah, okay. the Aliyah board. And um, it was uh, actually the, the board that he uh, allowed me to ride was the same one that Carissa used in the commercial. Oh, wow. Uh, I did not get up on the board <laughs> as Carissa <laughs> did. I had about an hour and a half worth of video and my photographer that day said, Brian, you don't know how to surf. I couldn't get up. Well, is it about a five-foot board, though? It's no, it was a, a big, board. it was a little oh, bigger. It was, it, but it was, by the time I was done, it was probably about 100 pounds. It was just waterlogged. <laughs> I could not get, get, on, get on a wave. Yeah. It's not as easy as those guys make it look. No. Wow. 
uh, incinerators. Um, Point Panic, lots of history there. Um, so yeah, I've heard that story about the wall. And um, if you've ever body surfed Point Panic, it's a different break. It feels like, it feels like you're kind of hovering. Um, even in the tube is, is breaking. I mean, you can get, you can get smashed around there, but t tell us about the break, because it's coming off a channel, and there's a lot of things that happen in that small area. Okay. Well, let's, let's go back a few years before uh, Point Panic in the 1960s. We're gonna go all the way back to 1918 and Kiwalo Basin. Kiwalo Basin was actually a big hole, a big depression inside the reef. And Hawaiian tuna packers wanted to convert that into a second harbor next to Honolulu Harbor. So they asked the territory of Hawaii if they would dig a channel, the territory now, dig a channel from Kiwalo Basin inside the reef out to the open ocean. And that, that channel went in in 1920. Hawaiian dredging actually dredged the channel. So that channel, I'm getting around to what you're asking about, that channel created the surf spots on both sides. That's a man-made channel then? It's a man-made channel, oh. dredged by Hawaiian dredging. It opened up, it opened up Kiwalo Basin for a small boat harbor, which it still is today, and it created the surf spots on both sides. So that's where you get that right at panics coming into the channel, mm -hmm. and you get the left at Kiwalo, same thing, coming into the channel. Oh, okay, that's, I, I didn't know, that was a man-made channel. And yes. Speaking of Carissa, that's where she grew up surfing. Yeah, Kiwalo's is her spot. That's her, her yeah. spot. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, but, but the channel, and maybe if you can explain, uh, it creates a different experience to a wave, right? Yes, it does. Now, just, just to finish off on the historical part, originally when the channel was dredged, that, the, the stone wall that's there, the boulder wall that's there now, wasn't there. That wall was built in 1949. And the boulders, those giant boulders that formed that wall, were actually from two construction projects. One was the, the entryway and the uh, crater clearance of Punchbowl for the National Cemetery of the Pacific. And that was open, that was finished in 1948. Okay, and the other project where the boulders came from was the development of Wailupi Valley, which was converted into what we call Aina Haina today uh, where the old Hein Clark Dairy used to be. So all of those boulders, the territory of Hawaii, in 1948, they decided to create a landfill area on that open reef that was on the Honolulu Harbor side of the channel. And they built, they built the boulder wall right out into the surf break, incinerators, and, that's what, and then they went west. They went west down to Fort Armstrong and the entrance to Honolulu Harbor. So that's why you have that giant boulder wall um, and everything got landfilled behind it and ended up being Kakako Makai. Wow, fascinating. And, and of course, that too has its own history now and preservation. Yes, and, it does too. And uh, lots of controversy, in fact, very recent. Uh, discussion about what to do with that, that prime piece of land. Yes. Uh, of course, John Dominus the, uh, had a beautiful restaurant there for years. Yes. For the point, I mean, if you were fortunate enough to have one of those <laughs> premier seats, 
you can watch the surf and the sunset, uh, sunrise and sunset rather, uh, if you have the chance. But you know, Point Panic, um, there's a lot of history there. I, I didn't realize that. So those rocks were from all over. There, yeah, they were from Einahaina and from Punch from Punchbowl. Now, the re one of the reasons I know that story so well is that James Glover, the company that my dad worked for, they got the build, they got the bid to build the entryway into Punchbowl and to clear the crater floor for the cemetery. So that was one of Glover's projects. That was one of my dad's projects. Well, so dad had a hand in walls. <laughs> and the couple who groin and in and point panic, sort of, yeah? I had to laugh to myself <laughs> when, when you asked me to do those two spots. Because my dad was connected to both oh of them. Oh, my gosh. What a awesome. I did not know that either. That's cool. Yeah, anyway, now you know where those giant boulders wow. came from. That's cool. And the territory of Hawaii decided to build, build that boulder wall for the landfill behind it right out into the surf break. So they took away, they took away a, what, one-third, I guess, uh, you know, the inside of the Point Panic Surfers. Oh, so it shortened the ride then? It shortened the ride oh. and, and made the ride end up right on the wall, un unless you escape to the channel, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and, not, and some guys don't. And, and, and not to mention the, the Kiwala Basin became home of the tuna boats. Yes, it did. So <clears throat> back, back when we were body surfing young, we see the tuna boats coming. You know what's behind the tuna boats. Oh, that's what everybody Sharks. Right, Sharks. Right. Because some say, oh, they would purposely chum the water or dump their opala on the way in. But I don't know if that's true, but Lord knows we've seen a lot of sharks over there, big tigers. Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, uh, the name that I knew for Kiwalos uh, before it was called Kiwalos was Shark Hole. And that goes back to when I was a, I was a kid. We all called it Shark Hole, and then Kiwalos came later. Interesting. Kiwalos, what is that from? The basin. The basin. That was all, that land was all owned by uh, the Victoria Ward Estate. So when the territory decided to do this thing for, you know, the small boat harbor there, the territory bought the basin and all of that shoreline land from the Ward Estate. Interesting. The water itself, though, nobody owns. The state does out yeah. to three miles, right? Yeah, but you know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody think they own the beach. You don't own the beach. Nobody owns the beach. Um, you know, tragedy uh, in 1984 took s yes. some headlines. Um, in fact, there's a plaque there, uh, and I actually covered the day that it was unveiled oh. of Paul Stone. Yes, Paul Stone. Paul Stone was, um, well, he was killed there that day. A massive swell. Do you remember that day? Yes, I do. Were you a firefighter then? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, I wasn't in the water, but a good friend of mine, Bob Thomas. Bob Thomas was uh, another firefighter like I was. And he's, he started the Honolulu Body Surfing Club. They were the ones that ran the first contest at Panix. So anyway, I used to body surf there and help him judge with the contest, entered a few of them. But that day in 1984, I wasn't there. But it was in June. Mm -hmm. And there was a giant south swell. And that big tour boat, it was a 100-foot-long tour boat. Yeah. Um, instead of waiting for the lull between the sets, it tried to make a run from the open ocean into the Kiwalo Basin. And um, he got into trouble. And Paul Stone ended up uh, getting killed. The Pearl Kai. The Pearl Kai. The Pearl Kai. 
I remember still seeing video. I can still see it in my mind because uh, someone captured, not video, film or whatever it was back then, of it trying to race in, getting stalled, trying to back it up. But the, the surf was just enormous and uh, literally took out a few people. Luckily, some survived, but Paul was not one of them. Exactly. Yeah. The, when the boat got mid-channel, it was actually surfing a wave. Right. And it veered to the right towards Kiwalos. So um, the pilot, I guess the captain, threw it in reverse. And you're reversing a 100-foot boat, right? Mm -mm. And he, when he threw it in reverse, the boat backed into Point Panics. There was about 30 body surfers out there. Mm. And, oh. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, one of, the, one of the darker moments of Point Panic. Um, but if you go out there now, you'll still see that plaque of yes. Paul Stone. Yes. Um, rest in peace, Paul. And uh, I know that all the locals out there, no matter what your age, you understand the risks out there. Yes. Uh, it goes, I mean, between, you know, the vessels that are coming in, the, the wall in front of you, <laughs> the sharks that are cruising by. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of history there. Um, your favorite memory of Point Panic? Do you have one? Oh, my favorite memory. Um, I, I entered, uh, I mentioned that I used to help Bob Thomas with his contest there. So anyway, I entered one of the contests and I actually got fourth in the senior men. Awesome. So, awesome. <laughs> I wasn't an exceptional body surfer, but, um, I managed to get a trophy in 1981. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. My favorite memory had nothing to do with me in the water. I was doing a story of a body surfer. Gosh, his first name escapes me now. Holt was the last name. Awesome body surfer. But he did a segment with me of how he used his slipper oh, as his handboard. Hand yeah. And, um, you know, the significance of that, because Point Panic is only for body surfers right. and pipe boards. Yes. Which I still don't understand. Because you cannot surf there. Right. Still, yes. The, 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 no. In 1984, the Hawaii State Administrative Rules said uh, for body surfing and bodyboarding only. Yeah. So, but some guys try to risk it, and the yes. DLNR can jump on you, and yes, and they can. I've seen them confiscate surfboards, but uh, yeah. So this guy Holt. Oh, I'm gonna try to look his name up. But he he was a very skilled body surfer. But he showed me how he used his slipper as his, his handboard, <laughs> and, and then he, <laughs> on a one wave, he caught all the way in, he went right up to the stairwell there, because his stairwell, put his slippers down, stepped in, and he walked off, <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget that visual, story. Uh, it was a great story, and, and um, just one of the good memories of panics, point panic, uh, all of the above. Well, thanks for sharing those stories, John. My pleasure. Appreciate it. I really appreciate all that you do for our community. And teaching us about the history of these names is such a rich history. Thank you, Ron. I mean, you could go to every surf break and find out gems, right? That's what I've been doing this since uh, 1972, so I've been at it for a few years now. But anyway, that's, that's one thing that's always interested me personally is the Mo'olelo, the mm -hmm. stories behind the place names. Keep them coming. Thank you. Number Book number 11 on its way. Yes, it is. Look forward to it on Niihau. And I look forward to your film with uh, Anne-Marie Kerr coming oh, up. Oh, Diamond well. Head Makai, yes. Looking forward to that. Please keep sharing those stories, John. We need to uh, share the Mo'olelo with our, our next generation so they understand, you know, why we call it Kaisers, why we call it, you know, 
whatever, toes. Um, yeah, I look forward to that. John Clark. Folks, this young, this young man next to me, uh, looking across me, is a living legend, and I have deep respect for you, my friend. Thank you, Ryan. Deep respect. Mahalo nui for joining us, folks. Join us next week. Another episode of What School You Went. You'll never know who joins us. Until next time, ahuiho. What School You Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.